0: All right, righty then uh, uh children of dune
1: dudes
0: yeah you know each each podcast each episode feels like it's our child in a way i feel like yeah you know like we've we've been having children mm. of dune dudes since episode one i like to think
1: yeah sure you know? this is our th- this is our third child or is each episode our child um I don't know I think it's kind of like one of those Russian
0: dolls where like okay, we've had three children, but there's like just other smaller children in them mm-hmm. like a abomination effect
1: all right a bit
0: you know what I mean so
1: that yeah that's that's a that's a good um a good dune reference there
0: yeah what do you think about the name abomination effects for like a metal band or something
1: i would not be surprised if that if that was not already i if that was already a band
0: I was talking with my brother about Dune Messiah, which he just finished last night. Yes. We haven't had a chance to pick his brain, but he is uh, obviously going to get ahead of us at this point, it, it seems. Unless unless he sticks to the route of Dune Dudes and artificially stops when we do and does five chapters a week. We'll see.
1: I but, might be upset if he does, if, if he, he gets ahead of us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean,
1: I... I don't wanna say upset, it's a strong word. I would be upset. I'm not talking about right, well... I would be upset. <laughs> so Brandon, if you're listening, please slow your roll. That's funny. I, um as... I mean I do think we're coming to a point now where I, I, I do think he should be on the podcast. In what form, I don't know, but we I, I've got some ideas for uh, once we finish. That'll be fun. Once we finish I this think book. I think he'd be, uh, willing and
0: able, because um, cool. we've mentioned him a couple times, and I I'll get texts like, "Hey, Doom dude, shout out!" Like it means something, <laughs> you know. Like it's, you know, uh, yeah, it's he, like oh yeah, like I'm with feel
1: you honored, guys, you know? yeah. It's it's not often that one of our listeners gets a a personal shout out. No, it's true. Especially after we acquired all the followers of uh the Dunecast. The Dunecast. Yeah, we now have all of their followers. Again, as we stated last week, these numbers they they take time to to show <laughs> in you know whatever pod catcher you're using or whatever. So like our subscriber uh, you know amount may not reflect that just yet, but um they are there. Rest assured. We are the podcast with the most, well, we are the Dune podcast with the most subscribers and listeners. And the the only one one that matters. The only one, the only one that matters, truly. We invite the competition, but we will squash it and stamp it out, kill it before it has time to uh, grow and flourish.
0: Wow. That's uh, brutal and well said. Thank you. just to circle back quickly, because it's the reason I brought it up before we, we did a bit of a tangent here. But when I was talking with my brother about Dune Messiah, he mentioned the Stoneburner.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, he said that he he listens to a metal band called Stoneburner. Ooh. And he was like, oh, I never realized that was a Dune reference, which I thought was funny. It was a, it was yeah, a pretty cool yeah. band name.
1: So. I feel like there was a band name that I saw that was a dune reference recently but i i forgot i i forgot what it was but yeah there's dune references everywhere now that that uh yeah i know
0: it's my eyes are open you know yeah
1: yeah literally everywhere permeates throughout popular culture these days um Hmm. frank herbert's legend lives on in various artists and art forms and media Um, yep and uh brian herbert's just along for the ride Yeah, yeah, you know, he's, he, some some people, some people would say that he is writing his father's coattails. Yeah. I wouldn't say that. I'm just saying some people would say that. I like to think that
0: he's writing his father's coattails. Right,
1: that's, that's very clever. Yeah, that's, that's, uh. Thank you. I am very clever. You are very clever. You're, you're, you're the the clever one. Clever Uh, girl. (laughs) From, uh, you ever see that movie? Uh, no. Jurassic Park? Jurassic Park. I've heard of it. With the dinosaurs? I've heard of that one. in the park. My God. Ever since,
0: ever since you have stuck your nose in Dune, it's like
1: nothing else exists to you anymore. Do you even like Doctor Who? Well, so here's the thing about Jurassic Park. I have seen Jurassic World about five times. Oh, no. Have never seen Jurassic oh, no. Park.
0: I don't. I think you're just trying to get a rise out of me.
1: And I'm led to believe that Jurassic World is based on the original there's, movie there's Jurassic no reason, Park. There's
0: no reason for us to talk about this because you're just trying to get a rise out of me. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take the bait. I'm too much of a clever girl for that. So you know, okay. those All who right.
1: know, those who know, no. You know, I mean. To be honest, I just watched Jurassic World for uh the like the Chris Pratt um romance plotline. Yeah, Chris Pratt is
0: canceled. By the way, do you know that?
1: Yes, but that he was in that movie before he was canceled.
0: Okay. So these five times you've seen Jurassic World were not recent.
1: No comment on that one. Okay. Why five times? Like you keep going back for more. Okay, we're gonna go into the theme song. Okay, yeah. All right all right, oh, all right. all right. All right. All right. All right. That's a good. That's a good plan. Okay. <clears throat> one two one two three four. I can't do I this can't, all yeah. on my own. No, uh, I know uh, I'm the Quasats that's had a rack. rack. <laughs> do- the Quasats had a rack. Hell yeah gets better every time it's good you know part of me feels like
0: uh, we should do a full band version mm, yes. um, just, just as like a special you know i, I wouldn't want to do it like uh, pre-recorded slap it on there because that loses its soul you know it does, i think yeah i think part yeah. of what's special about it is that we do it live every time but just to you know th- just to throw something to the fans
1: you know that would be fun that would be a fun exclusive offering you know a little bonus treat for all the um maybe for those
0: who support us on Patreon
1: yes once once we launch our Patreon which is go, you know we've been working on it d- diligently for these last few months now actually yeah
0: this has all been operating in the shadows like yes. we are
1: we are the house carino of making patreons except i feel like our patreon is going to be more successful than this stunt house carino is going well to we don't know how successful or or not successful it will be yet we don't but i just i feel like it's not going to be successful. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah it's, you don't think the tigers are gonna work out <laughs> no no i don't no yeah yeah that's that's fair
0: it's kind of a weird plan
1: yeah it's it's flawed. It's flawed in many ways.
0: Well, I mean, that remains to be seen. Maybe two cyborg tigers are the only thing that can defeat the twins. The only thing that they can't see coming. I think there's a reason.
1: Could be more, that... more measured and well thought out than you know. I think there's a reason why the twins are not really worried about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, they, like they know there's a plot but they're they really yeah. don't they could care less
0: yeah no they i kind of forget that they know because they don't even really talk about it that's not on their minds yeah there's nothing don't to really talk give it about
1: a shit. it's a non-issue for them <laughs>
0: they're They're too busy trying to to freak out their grandmother saying that like they can see them they can like see her fuck the dead duke in, in her fucking baby brain like that that's what they're doing. That's what they do with their fucking powers. yes, that's that's so. their
1: favorite way to um intimidate grandma. yeah, we'll we'll get we'll get to that that that's <laughs> certainly a tactic, boy,
0: will we get to that? Um, yeah, alright, so let's, uh, let's get this show on the road, huh? Let's dive in. Alright, so our first chapter, um, this is the preacher, he's back on Arrakis, he's preaching, And Aaliyah is watching... From her
1: hidey hole.
0: Yep. From her spy hole, which she has been known to uh, inhabit since the days of Dune Messiah. Yes. Um, And she's thinking to herself, what if that is is Paul? And does that matter? And some other stuff. Um, She kind of Mentions uh, earlier discussions that she's had with with the the council. Um, sounds like there's some um, some tension between her and Irulan, and um, and Jessica's even. Uh, it's been suggested that Jessica may have a spot on the council, and Aliyah delays the vote. She just shoots that down um but but it's being discussed so we we haven't like gotten a chapter where we see these characters interact but we know that it's happening um i kind of wish there was a bit more like i feel like after all the earland i i guess i kind of am understanding that that seems to be the the pattern and the way that herbert kind of operates it's like this book is about these characters and the other characters from Doom Messiah, they're still around, but, you know, we're not going to talk to them. Like, and I guess that really means Ireland, because all the other characters are either dead or they get some stuff. Like, uh, Duncan has some shit to do these chapters, yes, but ireland has been kicked to the curb.
1: Yeah, I, I I mean, I'm under the impression that there is still time for Ireland to kind of take center stage here. Um, I think things have been set up, so I'd be surprised if she was still in the shadows as much as she is for the next, uh, more than half of the book we have left. Um, but, but it is very obvious to me that, um, this book is not about the political intrigue that Messiah was about. Um, yeah, that takes a back seat. And like you were saying, it's it's talked about kind of just in passing or within the thoughts of Aaliyah recounting that this happened. Um uh this it's this, this is more it's a more character action based or or um plot based than than Messiah, where there is a lot of meetings with yeah. important people that we saw.
0: Yeah, it Children of Dune is interesting in that it parts of it feel like a return to form to the original dune book um to me at least like with the increased number of factions Mm -hmm. and the the more consistent like character or perspective shifts coming from each chapter so like um adding back in House Carino on Seleucus Secundus and having the preacher talk to them in secret and having the Atreides and, you know, like, it feels like there's more players on the board this time around, whereas there were still a lot of characters in Messiah, but, like, the factions were very clear. You have Paul and you have the Conspiracy, pretty much, you know? Yeah. um I, That's even not, that's doing a disservice because the Talayla Jew kind of have their own shit going on in there as well and a lot of the characters have their own personal motivations so i don't want to sell it as short it's not that cut and dry but this feels like a bit more uh dune one maneuvering of like characters and pieces on the board to me um agree but but yeah it's not it's not as focused on especially the way that book one of dune focuses on it yeah hard um And I think that's to this book's benefit. You know, I don't need that. Um, It seems like a good blend of the, the, I guess, like, political challenges and then also, like, the larger game of prescience that some of the the more godlike Atreides characters are playing, you know? And and they kind of just intersect now and again.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I um, it's 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 a good blend of of both books, and then also it it is just a a, a different thing altogether. Um, which I appreciate because a lot of times when you're three books into a series, you do kind of or authors writers do fall back into what they know worked, trying to emulate that. And yeah, I don't, I don't feel like that's happening here at all.
0: Yeah, no. This uh this ain't the Prisoner of Azkaban.
1: No, baby. No siree. Which I mean you remember reading. Right. I do, but I will say that I liked the movie better than the book. <laughs> t- and I'm not Get even out of here. I'm not even <laughs> joking. This is not even I me can't, trying I can't to be a I can't take your movie opinions throughout the, between this and that. Come on. Okay, so I'm going to admit Okay. That the Jurassic World thing that I was saying—that's fake. Yeah. I've seen right. that movie. I think I've seen it, may, maybe Wait, one so full time. Have,
0: have you Have you seen Jurassic Park though?
1: Yes. Wait,
0: oh, is that a bit? Is that a part
1: of the bit? Because the no. way you said that didn't no. seem. I have seen Jurassic Park. I've seen Jurassic. Okay. Park. It just seems like the way you're saying it. It's like it. But what is not a bit, okay. is that. The Prisoner of Azkaban is my favorite Harry Potter movie, and I like it better than the book. That's for, fair. For there and there's, it's mostly for one reason. And do you mm, have any guesses? Out. Uh,
0: it's the actor who plays um, Uncle Uncle Dog Boy. Uncle no, Dog.
1: No, no, nope. Does it have to do with the music? Nope. I don't don't know. I don't know. It's because that's the first time they were uh, they were allowed to wear like street clothes. They took they took off the robes. They were able to wear cool teenager clothes, and and that really appealed to me as a as a cool teenager or almost a big deal for you, huh? Preteen, yeah, it was
0: right, and also not that cool. So neither cool nor teenager. Sure, sure.
1: But uh but yeah. So, that... so to
0: see cool teenagers portrayed on screen, yes, I could see how that would I be. I was like,
1: they're just like me. I I wear jeans and yeah. t- and button down sometimes with tees underneath. That's yep. just like me. Yep. Yeah. So that's that's why I, I have an affinity for that movie.
0: You don't think um do you think they're wearing that in Dune ever?
1: Um it's hard to say. <laughs> it's hard to say what they wear in Dune. There's yeah. not a lot of description about clothing except for robes. No, and... they, yeah, it's either a
0: cloak or a still suit. You yeah. know, sometimes a dress if you're uh, a Fremen woman.
1: Yeah, you, you get some of that. But I, I think they have their own unique set of style. Um, at least in my head. Yeah, yeah. No, I.
0: I think so too. Um anyways. So Ali is watching the preacher and uh he's blaspheming. Um he sends messages to two yeah. different members of the Imperium. Almost definitely. very yeah, very singular pointed messages. Um let's see I, uh... I don't know. I don't really remember what he... I think he warns Stilgar. Uh... Yeah, okay, hold on. Let me just read this shit, after all. The first message is for Aaliyah. I bring her a warning. You who held the secret of duration in your loins have sold your future for an empty purse. So, uh I mean, she sold her loins, huh?
1: Her loins have been sold to Javid.
0: Man. Yeah. Um I gotta say, I mean, we, we could think of loins figuratively and literally. And let's think about it literally for a moment. Because Dune Messiah, she mentions that she sees herself... Having a baby. And there is, True. as of yet, no baby. So, children of Dune, do we get in a Aaliyah baby? You know? Like... I don't know.
1: I think it's happening. Somehow.
0: Could be Javid.
1: Yeah. It could be Javid, but then... Th- okay. Wasn't the plan, like, to... Yeah, to fuck Javid to get information. Like, what happened during that? I know. Like, did they? Did she go through with it? It sounds it, like she did. It
0: sounds like yes. It sounds like yes. And right, the Baron wanted her to kill him, but Aaliyah's yeah. like, no, 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 no. We don't have to do that shit. But I do want to find out if he lied to me. Yes, about the the messenger guy because i feel like i killed him unfairly right
1: yeah it doesn't seem like javid was killed but we have no but we don't know what happened there and um what he
0: someone mentions right we don't know what happens we don't know what if any admission happens someone does mention his name at some point like he's alive somewhere uh
1: but yeah unknown well, Duncan, Duncan um, in, 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 the, in the future chapter there, we um, we do hear that there are rumors.
0: Oh, there are rumors. There all are right. rumors. Um, okay. Second message is for Stilgar. Uh, the, the most dangerous of all creations is a rigid code of ethics. It will turn you upon you and drive you into exile. It's interesting to reread because the next, like, three fucking chapters are Stilgar being like, I thought being a Fremen was good. Like, can't wait to talk about that because I, I don't, I don't really like how they, I I think I need to see where it lands. But as of now, I'm not very happy with how they are handling Stilgar, which is unfortunate because the way it opens, I really like how they were handling Stilgar. I like Stilgar... Considering the possibility of if he should kill the babies, yeah. and just as a, just as an opening, I'm glad that he got over it in one chapter. Like it, it doesn't need to be his character, but like, and I get that that also ties back to his uh, adherence of of fremen tradition and thoughts, and we talked about that in the first episode, you know. Um, but I, I feel like they're not not utilizing him uh as as well as they could be sorry let me let me finish these this fucking thing i don't know if the other ones are important maybe it's pretty much just warnings and shit i don't think i want to read all of them after all i don't remember them but uh, unless you have more to say about it tell
1: me how you feel um i think they were interesting i think you covered all the ones that were major i guess um Then he he does warn Duncan about something. Did you cover that? Did did you? He says,
0: uh, you know, if I'm going to read that one, I might as well read the third one. So, okay, it's happening after all. Um, So. My third message is for the Princess Irland. Princess, humiliation is a thing which no person can forget. I warn you to flee. Mm Um. My fourth message is for Duncan Idaho. Duncan, you were taught to believe that loyalty buys loyalty. Oh, Duncan, do not believe in history, because history is impelled by whatever passes for money. Duncan, take your horns and do what you know best how to do.
1: Yeah, so it's a very interesting kind of cryptic warnings to the gang. Yeah. Um, the preacher obviously knows what's going on
0: and yes,
1: so uh, I forget if this is the chapter that do you get any insight into the preacher in this chapter or is it just Aaliyah? Yes.
0: Yeah. It's, it's the very beginning of the chapter. He mentions that I'll just read this part too, because me paraphrasing it won't help. Um, it's this part. In a pocket beneath his flowing robe, the preacher carried the black gauze mask he had worn on Seleucus Secundus. It amused him to think that the mask and the boy served the same purpose, disguise. Mm -hmm. While he did surrogate eyes, doubts remained. Let the myth grow, but keep doubts alive, he thought. No one must discover that the mask was merely cloth, not an Ixian artifact at all.
1: He doesn't need shit. He doesn't need the help he's getting. Yeah. He's he's leading them all on. We can yeah. we can assume he does have prescient vision that mm-hmm. allows him to see similar to somebody else before they lost it. Yep. Him. Yep. Now now we have to think about well once that vision is lost can it come back? Does it come back? Right. I mean,
0: it it has in, in very minor, not as like narratively heavy or important ways. It has happens like before Paul after Paul escapes from hold uh, holdout, being attacked, and he goes into the storm. He freaks out because he feels like he can't see the future anymore. And he doesn't know what's gonna happen, you know, like and at these at these like time nexuses. Nexi? At these Nexes. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. Nexis. You know, like there there are moments of like the the universe like coming together at, at, at this point of incredible possibility where people will lose vision. I don't think that's what happened with Paul. Um, I almost feel uh, the more I think about it, I almost feel like Paul may have just been um, it, it just like you know, he loses his vision when he loses Chani, you know, and it's like I I think that he kind of like loses this huge portion of his being and 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 his reason for living, you know, like he had wanted to use his prescience to try and save Chani in some way, and when it Mm -hmm. can't happen. It almost feels like what's the point, you know? And I, I think yeah. that um, he kind of succumbs to, like, this despair. And, uh, you yeah, know, it's, I, it's kind of like a metaphor, uh,
1: man. Uh, it is a metaphor, man. But uh also, I, I really think the reason he lost the vision, and this, this is actually set up uh, throughout Messiah, the reason he loses his vision is because of leto um because you, you know you you can't really see the events surrounding somebody else with prescience that that money's yeah. the water and we're led to believe leto has this really high level form of prescient energy or ability um which is why paul didn't even know he was going to be born why he's, yeah, that's why he only saw Ganema. Um Yep, you you were talking about that before I remember. And so maybe once he got away from Leto, his prescience returned. Could be. I don't know. I don't know. And then there's a thing too where it's like Aaliyah is like watching him through her peephole. And yeah, spy hole. Peep hole, Heidi Hole, Spy Hole, um, whatever you want to call it. But yes. And I don't know. Nine years later, do you think you would recognize your brother?
0: I think Aaliyah would. Yeah. You know, I mean the Benet Gesserit, fucking Paul. I don't mean to keep like going back, but I'm thinking about these like minor instances. But like Paul knew that. Uh Duncan, Idaho was alive from watching a ship be flown, and he was like, Oh, the the minor movements of the wings. It must be Duncan flying. Like, okay. And I I get that there's differences between that example, but like yes, we, we have seen that people with these incredible powers should be able to come to conclusions. And I, I don't think Aaliyah is in the most stable frame of mind right now, you know. Uh, so that could be a contributing factor. But I think if anyone should know one way or the other if it's their brother,
1: yeah. I I mean she's it be Aaliyah. It's not like she hasn't even seen him without eyes. She has. She's seen him with yeah. the the eyeless sockets. Yeah, like yeah, it's nine years later, and whatever he's been in the desert for for a long time. But, but I, I think, and I don't know how far away she was really, not too far, she wasn't right up next to him, but she wasn't too far away.
0: Yeah, I don't know, it, it sounds like she's kind of like uh, atop this tower. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think she's like miles above him, you know? No, I, but...
1: so, I don't know, because it's, I think the amount of doubt that's surrounding it, because it's not just Aaliyah, as far as we know, is the only one that's seen the preacher, really. Um, but the the, the aside parents, from Faridin, the only one of the family that that has suspicion yeah, of okay. Paul. Um, right. And Faridin hasn't really seen the preacher either because he was masked. But yeah. um, yeah. So like, the the amount of doubt that's within all these people who are prescient and know what Paul looks like is strange. And that's one of the only thing. that's one of the only reasons why I still have um, doubts about th- about the preacher being Paul. Yeah, well,
0: I, I don't know, my doubts are coming more from just thinking of it as a story and feeling like, well, like all these characters are already discussing it. I feel like if the answer were like, oh, yeah, it is Paul, I, I don't, I'm positive that it could be done in a satisfying way, especially by Frank Herbert. Like, I could totally see that playing out. But I think in a more traditional story, I feel like what this is setting me up for is just kind of like a bait and switch, you know, because they, they know that you are thinking like, is it paul? is it paul? is it paul? and i feel like to give a yes to that question. Um, isn't what the question is set up for.
1: i understand that and i agree with you in a traditional writing sense.
0: right and of course right It's it's not with, necessarily a traditional story like we have gone through this enough. Yes, so with frank
1: herbert his his mo Is to set everything up to tell you what's going to happen. The set, yes, he's he's from the beginning of every of of each of these three books. He tells you what's going to happen. What like what he sets the stage, and then you and and you're like, well, Johnny was
0: going to die from chapter one, pretty much. Yes,
1: exactly. Yeah, we knew the Duke was going to die. We like that. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. So he sets these things up, but um and and he kind of leads you to believe like okay we it's not going to all go according to plan right cuz he wouldn't just give everything away and then what he yeah. does though is everything goes the exact way he set up except uh we 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 didn't see the entire st- the, the 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 density of it all yeah so it, it it happens to be that yeah the duke did die chani did die um, all these things that were uh you know teased in the beginning of these books happen, but they're not as simple as they seem. so I am led to believe that the preacher is Paul, but not the Paul we know or there's something something is drastically different about paul and not just that he was away for nine years and right, uh, right has has changed his mind on his religion or so i i still do think that it is paul but there's but it's not just paul or not the paul that we know right yeah i mean you know
0: (laughs) the duniverse has shown there are at least a handful of ways to bring characters back from the dead assuming paul ever even did die you know Um, so it, it could be that it is Paul in some other form somehow, if like somehow his, his memories are like coming through another person or, you know, I don't fucking know. Um, I think what's interesting, heavily dependent on whether or not, like, like here's the thing as well, and then and then we'll move on because we we should probably pick up the pace of it. Yeah. But the preacher says in this chapter that doubt needs to be kept alive. That doubt is a necessary thing in his plan and in in securing his influence over the people. It's this mystery that I think draws people to him. Right, that there is no conclusions. Uh-huh. So that makes sense, especially if he's not Paul, right? If you're an imposter and you need to keep up the illusion that you might be Paul in order to utilize his mythos for Mm -hmm. your own plan, then of course you need to keep that doubt alive. Now, if you are Paul and you're already coming at it from an angle where a lot of people think you're Paul, I don't want to say I was confused necessarily because I understand too that if there was like a definitive answer that that would have its own problems you know that I guess the doubt of if it is Paul and enough people also think that it isn't is also a power and a kind of camouflage for him so I get that but it's it's interesting depending on whether he is or isn't like what purpose that doubt serves and why he feels like he he needs it to surround him you know what I mean
1: yeah to me i like that makes sense you're right but if if he was trying to get people to think he was paul wouldn't he actually flaunt that he doesn't need the 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 boy helping him and that he can see without seeing
0: well yes but like he's also aware that people think that he's paul i feel like I guess I don't know, like does does he want people to think he's Paul or does he want people to not think he's no. Paul? And I think the answer is he wants people to be exactly where they are. Yes. To be in that state of uncertainty. Exactly. So he could be both and neither. You know? So
1: which which I think is, is is why um basically I think he wants a preacher to not end up being a moi Dib part two. Like he yeah. he doesn't want to be the Messiah anymore. He's actively railing against that. Um so, Yes. So and that's a huge Yes, yeah, So in and, and that's why he's he's keeping that doubt alive because he doesn't want to be um the all knowing God again.
0: Right. And that's that's totally fair. I mean Leto has not been coy about like thinking that uh that Paul fucked up, and one of the the biggest threads that I'm seeing more and more as this book continues is the the threat of water, mm-hmm. and um, that at, at once what people thought would be a good thing of terraforming has far-reaching implications, and uh, and so it could be that Paul has returned to uh to finally dismantle his his own empire yeah. and his own myth in order to return Arrakis to the wild, free and natural state in uh in which it was found when he first which, landed. Which
1: was talked about halfway through Messiah too. Him him wanting to dismantle yep. his 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 image. Yeah, but he didn't do a very good job of it in Messiah. No, he didn't. He, he didn't really he, do. <laughs> he left unfinished business. He did. Yes. Um, anyways, we're going to go to a quick break. going to pause for a second. I'm going to go pee sure. and get some uh, more water. Um, but yeah, be right back.
0: All right. So the only thing I want to mention, <clears throat> the very end of this first chapter, Aaliyah's like, oh, the preacher has a flaw which we will find. I'll have him spied on and if the opportunity arises he will be discredited <laughs> and I just thought uh that was like such a mundane kind of, you know it's like the cliffhanger there is like oh not like he'll be killed or it's kind of what he learns he'll be discredited
1: it's kind of like he like that I think that would even do do good for what he's preaching like that would that is kind of that would kind of sow more doubt and uncertainty and kind of make him more of a mythical figure um but she like she talks about killing him too and and she says no that will that will uh bring rise to even more fervor for his right it'll make him a martyr yeah yeah and uh I, i don't know i don't think she yeah i don't think anything that she's going to do to retaliate will work well for her
0: no no Okay, let's talk about the next two chapters as one thing to save time. Yes. It's it's Leto and Stilgar out on the...
1: Boys camping trip.
0: Yeah, the sands on the dunes. And then uh, at the end of that, Leto's like, hey, do you think, uh, like the girls are hot this year? <laughs> and Stillgar's like, whoa. He goes on a fucking spirit journey, like because uh,
1: <laughs> that one. Because Lido's like,
0: yeah, hey, have you checked out the
1: babes, man? He gives like, him a total existential crisis. Yeah, I don't feel
0: one. I'm not really sure why I was split into two chapters. Yeah, um,
1: yeah, it's just the same thing.
0: And and two, I don't really understand. <sighs> I don't really get it that much at all. And the last chapter that we read in this section brings some sort of uh, light to it in a way, but I I don't think it's great. I just want to mention the broad brushstrokes here. Um, Leto pretty much takes Stilgar out to be like, hey, so I'm not saying it's gonna happen, but I might die here, okay? Um... And if I do, then, you know, you really need to protect Ali- uh, Ganema
1: mm-hmm.
0: Because she's the only other one who can save the Atreides, you know, name and protect the Imperium and whatever the fuck. Um, and of course, Stilgar is like, no, uh, that's fucking stupid. I'm going to... Do everything I can to protect you because that's what I do, and I'm. And then uh, leto's like, "Oh, but you know, what about girls? You like girls?" And then Stillgar's like, "Wait, now I need to consider that the thing living in this body of a child is able to appreciate sexuality, like, oh. and and he's like, "Wait." It... Is, is is tradition worth holding on to? Do I need to re-examine my my, my stoic and an unwavering adherence to Fremen tradition and all things and this and that? And I, I just want to mention, I feel like this is a bit of a retreading that is not necessary. This is what I wasn't happy to read about Stilgar. Um, because I feel like this is what he already went through and grew beyond in a way that was handled far more interestingly in *Dune Messiah*. It, I like Stilgar's uh, morphing into like a bureaucrat from a, a Fremen naib out of necessity, you know, because of his role in Paul's New Imperium in Messiah. Like, I think that 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 culture clash and like. And and him having to like reconcile those incredible, incredibly different uh forms of leadership is interesting. And I feel like he accomplishes that in Messiah. And I don't know, like maybe what's happening here is in Messiah, it's more like he forgot how to be a Fremen and he has to be reminded. And I feel like what Children of Dune is saying is that from that reminder, he has held on so tightly to his former Fremen life and ideals in like a vice grip that he no longer acts with any of the savvy or cunning of uh, imperial bureaucrat, you know. And now he's lost like the other thing. And Leto's trying to show him like you're just as blind. Like you need both, and you're stupid to go back to pretending that you're only a Fremen, you know? Um, But I just feel like it's not giving Stilgar enough credit because it feels like these things that are happening to him, he's he's written to perceive them as like these grand sweeping revelations, you know? And he's like, oh my God, like I never thought of it like that. But like, I feel like he did think of it like that. I read the book,
1: you know? (laughs) So, yeah. So, all right. I think there's two things um about this whole Stilgar epiphany. Um <clears throat> the first thing being yes, like we we saw kind of a massive growth in Stilgar between uh when we meet him in Dune and then his entire journey in Dune Messiah. The, the, yeah, that's he, he he plays a big role in in Paul uh in in paul's leadership you know team um but the big difference between then and now is that in dune Messiah and in the latter half of dune, he was literally following orders from his god you know he he the, like there it was i mean the there was skepticism initially, but like he is friends with paul but he is also a uh, a follower of Muad'Dib and very loyal to that uh to that order um now Muad'Dib is gone and although this is his child um it is still just a child and he is still a Fremen and uh I, I think the only reason he went against Fremen Ways and progressed was because he, he, he was following his, you know, his, his, uh, his leader, this, this, this religious leader. Um, and also the second point is, you know, he kind of like, you're right. He has been back at the CH now for presumably he's been living there for nine years. Um, so he is kind of back in Fremen world. Um, so I, I think, I think those two things do kind of make it, uh, you know, maybe, maybe he, he has gone back to the conservative side of Fremen, uh, ways since he has no one telling him to, to do otherwise. Um. Yeah. You know, and he's just been a back back among among that that world for a, almost a decade now. So, um, but I, I do agree with you. I think it. I think it, it simplifies his character, uh, and does does a bit of uh, of of disservice to him.
0: Well, hey, that's um, I'm 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 with that. Uh, you know what I do like. Skipping ahead just a little to uh chapter five, but only because it ties into this. Um Ganema mentions to Jessica when they're talking, or or Jessica realizes, I forget, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um but but Jessica kind of realizes that the way that uh is talking to her, it's like, oh, she's teaching me. You know, like that's yeah. what these Kids do and what they're capable of. Like they are so far beyond, even even Jessica, as a as a highly trained reverend mother, is still just a, a essentially a regular person in the mm-hmm. eyes of um, the twins. She and wasn't so, born. Like,
1: she was not born different.
0: No, she was not born of the worm juice. Um, so. So Jessica kind of realizes like, oh, like I'm like they, they try to teach us things by, by leading us on through these, what we think of as like meandering kind of pointless conversations, just like the same way that you and I try to teach our listeners through our meandering pointless conversations.
1: Exactly. And if they don't know it's happening, then, then we've done our job.
0: (laughs) Precisely. But so like to bring that back, here, um, so it's like, I, I feel like I can chalk some of the things up that I think are maybe don't land as well in the writing with like, okay, well, it's part of Leto's plan or like he needs to say these things in order to get Stilgar to think about these things from a different perspective. And, and sure enough, Stilgar recognizes that. He comes to that conclusion he feels that way he realizes
1: um, yeah i mean like like that that one sentence did make him realize go back through all of his time with paul and you know it does some, some of the things a that paul said sentence said, too. but it's but, yes but, yes, but, yeah. yes it, is. it is a stupid sentence but it, it i mean the the effect worked you know he there there's a bunch of great um moi dib quotes in that passage too about how you know all empires rise and fall and you know things start again and everything changes right. and so uh i think he kind of realizes in in his fremen way that like that once again wa did was right um <clears throat> and it also um jumping with you to chapter 5 sure. when they t- sure. when Jessica and Ganim are talking and Stilgar is kind of looking at them from across the room the spy uh, hole yes <laughs> Jessica realizes that uh Ganima and Lido love Stilgar and that he is yeah he he is kind of like a father figure to them and uh I think that is really sweet and that does kind of inform what Lido is doing to to Stilgar because he even says you know cuz after this after Lido tells him about his vision and about his potential death and everything um Stilgar you know he he's he, he wants to protect them. That's his one job is yeah. protecting them. Um, and he's like, yeah, well, we're, we're going to up our security forces. We're never going to let you alone again. And then Lito's just like, well, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, you can't stop me from doing anything. Like that's just right. not going to happen. And Stilgar knows too, Stilgar even Stilgar knows as he gives the order. Yeah. So the only reason that Lito is, is, is leading him on this path and trying to change his mind is because he loves him. And because he, 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 you know, I mean, wants him, wants to let him in on this and yeah and, you know in and, and respects him so i think that's uh um i don't know i think that's that's important to realize too
0: it is and i i also thought it was really sweet you know that uh Stillgar and and the kids have this love for each other you know you could um get that as an implicit thing just from reading but to have the the characters uh recognize that too is kind of heartwarming especially because you know Stillgar is this distant sort of larger than life uh pillar of like classical fremen strength he is like a fucking rock in the desert you know and it, it makes me think almost a little bit of like uh uh michael airman trout and like his little daughter or whatever from uh breaking bad
1: yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah.
0: Just like this cold-blooded killer, but like, yeah, he's got a heart of gold, right? Absolutely, or like, you're right. you know, or, yeah. or, or he's doing it for his kids, it's like. Mm-hmm. And obviously, the the kids are very different in this situation, so yes. it's not one to one.
1: But and also, whose whose parents or parent figures have not um, thought about murdering their mother asleep at least once?
0: Sure, of course, of course. I mean, once is probably. A laughable yeah. figure to yep. uh, to any actual parent. You know, they'd be like, just once? Come on. Especially at nine um,
1: years old. Come on. <laughs> that age. That's a crazy age. Right. That is a crazy it's, age.
0: Yeah. Come on. Um, you know what I do want to mention about the whole, like, the Ganima or or Jessica realizing that, that Ganema and Leto and Stilgar have this love for each other? I didn't think this at all beforehand in not a page sooner, but after reading that line, I am convinced Stillgar is going to die.
1: Oh in fuck. fuck.
0: I am convinced he is uh... going to have to sacrifice himself in some way to, to take a bullet metaphorically or otherwise mm-hmm. uh, for, for Leto or for Ganima, I think, I think, think that he's going to give his right. life in this book for them.
1: I think you just might be right. Fuck. Wow. I mean, what a way to end a book, though, too. Yeah, if, I know. It's not, not a pleasant thought, but. If it starts with him thinking about killing them and ends with him dying for them, that would be um, True. a great bookend. Oh, that's, uh, yeah? Yeah. I mean, I I, I certainly well, could we'll see. see it leading to that. We'll, we will see.
0: Yeah, I I have no other reason to think that. Like nothing in the book has led me to that, other than uh, you know, just like just like in the first Dune book, it's not as uh, slapping you in the face necessarily. And of course, you know, the Duke's gonna die already, but just before the Duke gets fucking captured, he's like, you know what? Uh, I think I should go tell Jessica that like I'm really sorry. I never made her my wife, and like, yeah, you know, well, oh, we'll like reconcile and come. And then and then he never gets that opportunity. And mm-hmm. I feel like this is a similar kind of recognition, like that they yeah. have this love for each other. And I, I don't think they'll have the opportunity to share it together. You're, um, right. You're right. Even though it's there anyways, uh, let's, we kind of did cover five a bit. Let's, let's just jump between four and five yeah, real quick. That is that good. all right?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, okay. And, and four is an important one. It's,
1: it's pretty, this is uh between, well, I'm not going to um, say anything
0: small in what happens.
1: Aaliyah but, and Duncan, right?
0: Yes, Aaliyah and Duncan. Um, It's just after we get the context clues. It's just after Aaliyah um, asks Duncan to kidnap Jessica. Um, As part of this plot, she wants to blame the kidnapping on House Carino. To and, make it and, seem like and house career. Also, did before it. you
1: get into the, the details, the minutiae, sure, sure. as they would say, um who who has not been asked to kidnap their mother-in-law before? <laughs> <laughs> you know? I mean, that's just such a standard yeah. comic plot line. I mean, how how many
0: times have husbands around the world wished Mm -hmm. For their wife, I know to ask them to kidnap their mother-in-law.
1: Duncan is
0: living out a dude's
1: fantasy.
0: Yeah, they'd be like, "Hey, you know, eh, I need a mother-in-law like I need a hole in the head." eh?" Mm -hmm. You know, like
1: dudes, dudes around the world are when they read this book in 1976, I think, or 77. I don't
0: like. I don't like that you're using the word dudes
1: for this dudes okay yes yes i don't like they're using the word dudes for this it feels like you're you're painting uh well no no, no, no 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 i mean like no no because because i am using them in the same way as we use the 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 word dudes in the title a dude is a specific kind of person it's not gender it's it's not gender um yeah
0: but i but i no okay so if we're talking about a specific kind of person i don't think a dude is Someone who's gonna, you know, do harm to their mother-in-law.
1: I, th- I think so. We're, we're not about I think, that. Like, uh, no, I think you're wrong. I
0: think. Whoa, I think whoa, whoa! No, 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 no! We're 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 talking about the kind of, uh, you know, toxic masculinity that revels in I, the jokes not of even, resenting your I'm significant not even, other.
1: I'm not even bringing up masculinity here. It doesn't okay, have to well, be. Okay, well, you are. Um, it, no, you don't have it's to not. say the word. No, 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 you no, don't have to no, say no, the
0: no. word. But you, but you are. So
1: it's it's not a male or female thing. Okay. No, I, no, no. But
0: it but it very specifically is in this example. We're talking uh, about uh, husbands uh, who are like, oh uh, man, my mother-in-law. Uh, no, no, this is exactly what the trope is. There is no like uh, wife mother-in-law Connor, battle. Connor, what?
1: Did I ever use the word husband or wife? These are no, words. No, but, these are words I'm saying, you are using.
0: Implied. Okay, but I'm saying it's implied because when we're talking about resent for your spouses, mother-in-law, the common uh instance of that, the the one that we understand and the one that we are referencing right now
1: has to do with men not liking their mother-in-laws okay so yes that is the trope you are correct but we're bringing that trope in through a dune dude's filter
0: i don't think it's getting filtered right it now that's why I, I i had to i i actually as as a host as the host i had to kind of come in here and say listen i mean i've defended my use of the word dude no, 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 no. As okay. non-binary.
1: So here's the thing. You know
0: that this is this is not a gendered word when we use it in the context of Dune dudes. That's that's how I think of it, and I feel like bringing in the the uh, husband mother-in-law conflict as a joke is gendering dude it's, right now. When you say dude, it's not. That's all.
1: That's all. There's a reason I did not say husband. Because this is very much okay, a dude but, thing. But again.
0: But again, There's no. A dude but it's thing. not
1: a dude if, thing. If I was married, if I was married, I guarantee um, my partner okay. would would revel in getting the opportunity to kidnap their mother in law. <laughs> Ge- and you know, gender not being not not being a thing okay. like it d- doesn't matter. Right. The it doesn't okay. matter. The, I it's, know you're, it's very you're much really, a dude thing.
0: You're really breaking down the.
1: Uh the the walls there. That's something that that's you know, it doesn't matter your gender or what you identify as. Dudes are dudes, yeah. okay? I'm a dude, he's a dude, <laughs> and, she's and a, mother, dude, my, and a dude. mothers in law are mother-in-laws, We're right? We're all dudes, yeah. We're all dudes, yeah. You know, it's like the good burger, the good burger uh song. That's that's the kind of dude that I believe in. And Okay, yes. And I'm saying that that's that I, I you know, I I'm not
0: I I feel like some people Okay, I mean, like, yeah, I'm a dude, she's a dude, we're all dudes, we're, I'm, I'm with it,
1: uh-huh. but
0: if you're going to kidnap your mother-in-law, <laughs> I don't know if I want you in the dude community.
1: I mean, that depends on the mother-in-law, I think.
0: All right, I'm not sure that Duncan Idaho would agree with you.
1: I don't think he, he. I don't think he would. I don't. I don't know if Duncan is a dude. To be honest with you.
0: Wow. Okay. So I'm a dude. She's a dude. We're all dudes except Duncan Idaho. Is okay. that where
1: we're at right now?
0: <laughs> Are we gonna exclude he Duncan Idaho now? He
1: doesn't want to kidnap his. But that's because he knows that Aaliyah is evil. Right now. He knows that she's possessed. I mean, evil. Evil's
0: a pretty broad word. She, I don't even. She's knows, not even really possessed. I don't think.
1: He said. He says that she's possessed she's <laughs> that's she's in the consulting book
0: consulting a very strong
1: yeah but and he's a mentat. he would know
0: okay but when he's talking with Aaliyah is he talking with Aaliyah or is he talking with the Baron
1: I think everything she's doing right now is informed by the Baron
0: so there are a few he, he, he,
1: he may not be in control but yes it's fusion huh <laughs> I I definitely think
0: um, well yeah yeah, but I I I, I don't know. I guess maybe I am too caught up in this thought of possession as like a
1: yeah. Anyways, back a to my control. Back to my okay. point though. Okay, so
0: sure yeah okay. We're not we're not done with. It. I thought maybe no, we were gonna get away no, from that, but no. okay. So let's, okay so so there is some that. things
1: that you need to assume before we get into this mother in law trope. Okay, we okay because as a joke, it's very dumb. Yeah, and yeah, it's been used historically that, that, as a that's sexist why I, I thing. Did, I know
0: it's dumb. I did the voice at the beginning of this bit where I was like, "Oh, I need a mother-in-law. Like I need a hole in the head," you know, like I'm. I thought you I'm, were being I'm, I'm, serious
1: I'm, about that. Part, no, but, okay. I'm being facetious.
0: Right. I'm okay. I'm poking fun at it. I was by by, it, by participating in it, but with uh, a very clear okay. mocking voice. Because
1: right now, I'm actually wearing potentially your future mother-in-law a, a shirt that your future mother-in-law has. Uh, what yeah gave you yeah you gave and, it to me
0: right okay well that's fine but let it be said i would not kidnap her okay
1: so even if you had the chance to <laughs> what does, i everyone has the chance no no, to no, kidnap no even if like if, if like tony asked you to
0: no i don't think i'd feel comfortable but what with if it, it was for her? i safety? mean first off what if my, tony my, said my that my father-in-law was, would kill me what if tony that said that instance, it was for so.
1: her safety though
0: what the fuck, man?
1: <laughs> well, then I'd probably
0: assume that she was possessed by an evil ancestor inside of her body because I, I don't I don't think there's any other okay situation. But, that but before we it.
1: wrap this up, I I want to make clear though that any mention of a dude on this podcast is yeah. dragged through the Dune dudes filter. Uh, we don't tolerate sexism, uh, right. racism, homophobia, um, right. any of that kind of garbage you're you're just
0: uh a dude can
1: be a dude can be anyone and you're going down the
0: gilman street list right now yes
1: exactly and and I I think that the mother in law trope removed from any gender bullshit is funny because if you think about it, like what if your mother in law was like a MAGA woman or something, you know?
0: Okay, but but what if she <laughs> wasn't? And I don't know. I just the feel context like context matters. Gendered. I context I think matters. I think the trope itself is gendered. Is the thing? Yeah. So I don't think you can remove that trope from gender because I I think that it exists entirely within
1: it. That's, That's true. all. That's, That's all. That's true. That's true. You know you're right so if you were married if, if not not married if if you were kidnapping your mother and or father-in-law
0: okay thank you wow that's all you had to say okay
1: because father-in-law is now, be now
0: we live in the dune universe. father father-in-law is gonna be bad too yeah man
1: <laughs> you know we're we're both learning here at dune dudes we're not perfect um no we have from, stumbled we have stumbled on a few things over the course of these uh, uh 20 episodes yeah.
0: or so and, and you know the, i think the thing is that we have to keep in mind is like it's true no matter if we have zero followers or a thousand which by the way we i mean it's got to be at least a thousand I think even if the numbers more, don't reflect it
1: it's more than 1000
0: um so it's not about the amount of followers which of which we have a lot, many, by the way. And so many. because we're getting more every day and because we have so many as it is, even right now, we need to treat these issues with the delicacy, nuance and level headedness that they demand.
1: Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. What a... And so that's why I think I'm going to declare right now.
0: Oh, boy. Another uh, a famous Connor Mack declaration. Here I'm we go. I'm going
1: to declare right now that mother-in-law jokes are mm. now only funny if the mother-in-law is a Karen. <laughs> right? I
0: mean, honestly, I just laughed. So mm-hmm. I, think, I think that is a... A kind of in, an endorsement yes okay. all right yeah
1: all right well we can and, move on. and jessica Je- and jessica i do not think is a karen she's not no, no 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 she's not a karen she she honestly um you know i i i am not speaking about her when i'm making these mother-in-law jokes it just happens to be what is going on in the in the book now that gave me this, that led me down this train of thought that, uh, yeah, ended up crashing.
0: Well, Hey, here we are. No, no, n- not a crash at all. This is, w- you know, we just talked about this. This is a seemingly rambling, possibly incoherent, completely tangential discussion mm. that, for anyone listening, I think we just have done a service for. Yeah. Yeah. We taught you, listener.
1: We taught you. All right? I mean, part of this 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 podcast is, I mean, we're just we're spreading social justice everywhere.
0: That's it's it's almost like a social justice jihad. Like what could go wrong <laughs> with that?
1: Right? like oh boy well it is better than maybe. the alternative that i see so we'll have to go to, we'll have to keep on yeah. going down this path
0: do you think um do you think that the episode title do you, do you do you think if we were to name this episode social justice jihad would that be a problem we're
1: already that is going to be the name of it i'm writing it down <laughs> right now this is going to be social justice jihad it's too good to pass up <laughs> oh man Great. <sighs>
0: okay, so so as far as um Aaliyah and Duncan having this discussion, it's pretty clear. The uh, the takeaway from this is that Aaliyah asks Duncan to to kidnap Jessica as part of this larger plot. Um, and Duncan is like, I don't like that. And is like, hey, I get it, you know? You're an Atreides, and it's like, in your blood. I and mean, In fact, I forget if she even, like, levels with him, or if this is his internal monologue, but but it kind of comes down to, like, he still has this, this feeling inside of him, this moral compass that has been instilled in him through his service of the Atreides in a past life, right? Yes, yep. And regardless of his love for Aaliyah, he cannot he cannot sway from from that compass that he he must follow it wherever it leads and so he he's like kidnapper why don't we just kill her right (laughs) because hey fellas (laughs) <laughs> Who wants their mother-in-law around? Oh, Am boy. I right? Oh, boy. Oh, geez bazinga! Geez. bazinga! Bazinga!
1: Bazinga! Uh, speaking, speaking of Bazinga. Speaking of <laughs> Bazinga. Bazinga, do no, no, Tony, open the door. <laughs> oh, God. She's a fan okay. of the Bazinga, isn't she? We're, no, we're She's not. She's a Bazinga head. <laughs> No, no, she's not. Okay. Well, anyways. Go on. There, I, I saw a uh, still image from one of the recent episodes of Young Sheldon, a <laughs> TV show on CBS, Young Sheldon, which which chronicles the life of uh, the Big Bang Theory character Sheldon Cooper, I think is his last name, Sheldon Cooper, as a young boy. Yeah. apparently he was reading a copy of dune in uh in one of the recent episodes of young are, sheldon are you are you shitting me I'm, i swear to god oh my god
0: can you uh screen cap that and i'll send it i'll send it your make way make that no well i mean yes first off but like you always do like little promo images and okay. shit. like can you
1: uh that'll be the episode you... yeah okay you can, can you do episode. uh i'll make that the promo picture of uh, this episode <laughs> perfect <laughs> Wow,
0: we're doing double duty. We're we're really multitasking here. We're
1: we're we're good. we're great at that. Oh God. Okay. Um, so, um, yeah. Go ahead. Finish up the the synopsis.
0: Okay. Right. So so Duncan's like, well, why don't why don't I just kill her? You know, why not that? And, Elise's like, yeah, hey, uh, why shit. didn't I think of that? You know, but. But she doesn't say that because you know she can't. Her face but,
1: betrays her.
0: Yes. Um, and so Duncan's like, okay, yeah. Um, I know that. You know, right? Like that. That kind of gave me all the information I need. And he's like, so she thinks that this is what's happening, clearly, and it's not. And he kind of just leaves um saying that he's gonna go you know fulfill his orders but when he says goodbye he's like oh she didn't hear the finality in my voice like yeah it seems like she's completely yes. you know not not that she's i i think like completely lost to this madness but like she's not she's not capable or, or, or she's in a in a state of mind that she is is missing so many things that her Benegas are training and her millions of other lives would otherwise make her privy to. Like she's just completely fucking like blinders on, you know? She's got the barren blinders. Yes. Um. So it's it's kind of sad to see too, because I guess maybe that that feels like it's the beginning of a kind of explanation, because I, I think at the beginning of this. We mentioned, like, shouldn't Aaliyah see these things? If anyone, should it not be Aaliyah who would recognize Paul? Yeah. But this is kind of evidence in the corner that she's she's operating far from the height of her abilities. That that Absolutely. she has been affected in ways that we haven't fully considered mm-hmm. um, by the possession. So
1: Yeah. And, I mean, the that. sense of finality in Duncan's voice... It makes right, me, he's never coming back. It it makes me th- yeah. It it seems like they're done. It seems like the good times are gone. They
0: are done, which is baby. heartbreaking. Whatever he's whatever he's going to do, it is not what Aaliyah thinks he's going to go do. Well,
1: yeah, and and he he thinks to himself that he is going to follow her orders, but not be, but not for the reason that she she wants him to. Yeah, he he has his own. Um, progression now to to make things right he knows what's going on um yes and also i i want want to say i i this chapter is great um because of how it portrays duncan idaho and i i I fucking love how his his mentat computations were were written we we i think this is the most in-depth like description of of how his logic works um because yes. because he's just kind of flung into a mentat state and we kind of we we kind of watch him as he processes all of this new information and and how he gets from point a to point b um I, yeah i i just he he is i mean one of if not my favorite character in the dune series right now from yeah. From Messiah onward, I think he he maintain like he's just he's a great character, Um and how they were able to mold Hate and Duncan Idaho into one and still maintain that consistency now in this book is is uh is re- remarkable. Um Yeah, I don't know. I I I, I was just kind of. I was kind of in awe at um, how how that was written. I thought it was really really well done.
0: Yeah, I think that's well said, and I, I especially like that they acknowledge. You know, at the end of Messiah, you're kind of left with this impression, and it you realize this too, but the book doesn't just spell it out as clearly. But you know, it's like it's like Duncan's back, right? And it's like, oh, finally, hate accepts this, and he he's able to reclaim his his ness mm-hmm. you know. But in this chapter in Children of Dune, we kind of get this recognition that Duncan Idaho, the the man, the way he was, can't ever come back the same way, you know, because of all the changes that he's gone through. And so, just like how Aaliyah is herself, and yet also like internal uh voyeur to these million other lives inside of her you know Duncan kind of reflects and recognizes that that he still like sees hate as a separate person inside of himself like I think there's a small part of him that maybe gets in some degree what Ali is going through like it would be it would be as if Hate were to retake over his body in in the way that he was before he had his revelation at the end of Messiah. Absolutely, um, but it's it's interesting that we have so many characters struggling with like these very real internal personalities for a number of different reasons, and I think that Aaliyah and Lido and Ganema you know, feel like they have this this strange unhealthy kinship especially with Aaliyah unhealthy in the sense that like they're, they're bonded through abomination, you know, mm. but, but I, I think that like hate is, or, or Duncan is kind of written off um, or, or not fully considered as someone who also understands these dilemmas because he kind of sees that in himself when he's having these, these mentat thoughts. Yeah. I'm remembering. Yep properly yeah. anyways. Yeah, no, and, um, and it's
1: it's it's very interesting too because it not
0: they should consult him. But.
1: It seems like he like I, I don't know, he can't control it when he kind of makes a computation like this big. Like he kind of just snaps into it. Yeah. and lets it overtake him. And uh you know mentions how he 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 even knows Alia you know could tell that that's what he's doing. Um Yeah. So so yeah, I mean there, there is something very interesting um like, that and combined with he literally has a different person and he's lived different lives. Um, right. That makes him a very, very interesting uh, comparison point to the possession of Aaliyah, um and her dealing with these other other lives as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know.
0: It's, it's possible that... Uh... Duncan may be the one to tragically kill Aaliyah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's very possible. It's uh, yeah. It, I mean, I do think his duty to the Atreides or vice versa or vice versa. Yeah. I don't, I don't want Aaliyah to kill Duncan though. That's that doesn't.
0: I know. I know. I, I feel like I, maybe I'm just getting too caught up in this whole, like who's going to die. Like I'm just thinking about it now. I don't know. But... I know.
1: I, I, cause I think Duncan's, um, loyalty to the Atreides family does overshadow <clears throat> his love for Aaliyah. but I'm not totally. Yeah. I'm not totally sure about that, but I think if it comes, it down seems to, to me it, that
0: way. I, I'm kind of bummed. I feel like in Messiah we get so many opportunities to like see their love grow, and it does feel like they have this affection for each other, as strange as w- the age difference might be. Um. Yeah, and I so, feel like Children of Dune. I feel like Children of Dune kind of asks us to consider that is the age difference not opposite. That's what Leo I was thinking. Claiming that he's a million years old, exactly. like is Aaliyah not a thousand or yeah. ten thousand, or that's you know,
1: exact, yeah. That, I I I had that rev, that um, revelation reading this too. I was like, oh wait, she actually is. She is older. Like she she just yeah. has the spirits <clears throat> of of you know a thousand years of her ancestry. Um, yeah there, there's still so, some weird yeah
0: baggage to all of that but it's, it's, but, it's I, not, but I think that this tries to address it
1: it does and I think it does pretty well it's it's not like the uh Edward Bella thing in Twilight <laughs>
0: <laughs> where where uh he's perpetually 17 instead of
1: well yeah I mean he's actually like a hundred years old but she's like she's like 16 right um, oh but, i see yeah, yeah yeah but here but i mean that you could here, have the
0: reverse problem where what duncan idaho is like 50 at best and... yeah well
1: duncan's 50 and Aaliyah on the Aaliyah's... surface is 15 but in in uh her head yeah, she's i don't uh, know
0: she's ancient. i don't know i don't know i don't know if that's a better addressing necessarily because i feel like on the one hand you have in twilight like the physical bodies match up but like oh you could argue that they have these mental disparities and so what we're gonna we're gonna be like is the opposite better that you'd be like yeah you know sure it'd be weird to watch them fuck but uh Mm. she's she's really a million people like i'm just saying it's 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 not perfect but i think the book tries to address it that's all
1: yeah i think Um, it's just slightly better than than twilight it's well
0: i don't know I'm not, I'm not here. You to, are a big uh, twilight I'm not, I, yeah, I'm kind of a twi-heart yes, these days. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, I, I kind of imagine that
1: after Dune, we, I mean, it's, it, it's
0: possible that we might do, uh, yeah. you
1: know, <speaking and singing> especially with that new book that came out, uh, from Edward's perspective. <speaking and singing> okay. Um,
0: huh. I, I feel like maybe there was more of a point I was trying to make, but it, it doesn't matter. Um, Oh, yeah, talking about, like, who might kill who and whatever. I think part of that feeds back into, um, this is the first Dune book, really, and it's still pretty early on, like you mentioned. We're only, like, what, a third of the way through? A little more than that, but, um, we don't really have, like, a grand prophecy of someone's death.
1: No. We have it in
0: Dune. We have it in Dune Messiah. And we're kind of just only now getting that in some fashion in Children of Dune, where Leto is like, hey, I'm having dreams, not visions, but dreams. Yep. What I suspect are prescient dreams. Yep. um, That I might die, but hey, who knows, you know? But what's funny is I'm not considering Leto dying. I don't think he's going to fucking die. I think he's fine. But the other characters. Clearly I have some concern about, so
1: I don't know. Someone's got to die. I, I do think somebody has to die. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't think it's Lido for the same reason that you were saying the, the last episode where I, I think that he is in God Emperor of Dune. Yeah. Just based on what we've seen via cover art and uh, the title of the book. Um, I don't know, but I think that that's likely. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Let's,
0: it's incredibly quickly. Is there anything about this last chapter here we might want to discuss between Ganima and Jessica's conversation that we touched on a bit that, that Stilgar observes?
1: Yeah, um... It's a nice conversation, but it does it bends Jessica's mind. Um, they talk about a lot of shit, and Ganima they do, do. takes her for a fucking ride, similar yeah. to to the ride that Lido took took her. A few, <laughs> few chapters, you know. Oh no, I'm not talking I'm not, I was not making a sexual joke. But that, oh, but, I thought yeah, I thought it'd be like similar for similar to the ride that that, uh, that, that the Duke, that, Lido that Duke took took Jessica yeah. on. You know that that, that yeah, was okay. that was very funny though. <laughs> that's a, that a a private moment. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's a private. Moment. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, that was weird. Abomination. But no, turns I'm, I'm out the Bene Gesserit
0: are prudes. Even they're though, prudes. Even though their breeding program has yes. to do with people fucking over generations and generations. Like, don't talk about it. No, you know
1: that's kind of the Catholic way, though. Of course, mm. of course, they follow the orange Catholic does, Bible, it,
0: right? It does make them feel uh, more like space nuns than I've considered in the yes, past. Yes, yeah, so. definitely.
1: Um, yeah, they they cover a lot. Obviously, we talked about Jessica realizes that um, Ganimma, you know, was t- teaching her, showing her what you know the way subtly. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't really know where Jessica stands now with, with either of the twins. Um, but it's, it's part of a plot that they're, that they're trying to get her to follow that seems to be going well. Um, oh yeah. But yeah, what, what I meant was that it's the same thing that Lido too did to her a few chapters ago where he, he laid all this shit on her and then kind of yeah. confused her, but then it en- ended up where, where he wanted her to be. Um so yeah they're 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 playing you know uh 3-dimensional chess with her kind of. Right. And with the Lido Jessica chapter
0: I think I was blindsided a little and I, I didn't really like that Jessica keeps getting taken down peg after yeah. peg after peg. Um I think what they're trying to showcase because it keeps happening and it happens to Stilgar, right? You know, it's not just Jessica, not that they're exactly equivalent either, but I think it's just all done in service to try and show how remarkable the children are. And, you know, Frank Herbert seems to think that if jessica were able to take all of this in stride and duel them in a battle of wits you know even though she's so out of her depth that i don't know we might not get as readers that the children are fucking amazing mm. like i i still think it could be done a lot better but sure. i'm kind of coming to terms with what i think he he wants to uh translate through through these chapters yeah essentially that we we know that jessica is awesome and we know that stilgar is awesome and we know that jessica is like the fucking reverend mother space boss Mm. but she's not uh immune to manipulation you know and so of course she's still thrown for a loop by by both the twins and one of the revelations is that she is being used By the Bene Gesserit, also apparently uh, unbeknownst to her, Mm -hmm. you know, she's like when she's talking with Leto from last episode, she's like, what do you fucking mean? And Leto's like, don't be stupid, you know, and if we take that conversation at face value and Jessica really doesn't recognize the the threads that are being pulled, I do think that's disappointing. But. But I think I get what's. Happening. I suppose Um, that that's kind of been the up and down of like Jessica's character. I think that she has these moments of, uh, rightful empowerment in the plot. And then I, I think that every now and then Frank Herbert comes along and he's like, maybe I made you a little too good. And he Mm -hmm. kind of just like keeps whittling her down in a way that's not satisfying, uh, Mm -hmm.
1: I think she's been I was going to say to a modern
0: day reader but but yeah. to any reader. I don't know.
1: I think she's been fallible all along at least since the moment Paul gained prescience, you know. And I think she might I think she's also a little bit overconfident too. And that's even that's even shown in the um the gall she had in having a son instead of a daughter <clears throat> like the Bene Gesserit planned, you know. I I Yes, that's I don't true. think she. I, I. You know, she's not Aeroland level dumb. Aeroland is the dumbest Benejzera, as we know. But uh, right, but Jessica but I think is, the scale. Jessica is power. Yeah, Jessica is. On, it's it's on a much bigger scale, but and and she's much more powerful. But I do think that that this this fallibility and this flaw within her character has been present from the beginning, and so it's not totally off base what's going on now that that's fair and
0: like if we're saying that Irulan is the Bene Gesserit we're shown to kind of accept as like the the power floor you know like this is like if you're Bene Gesserit but you're shit at it you're Irulan yeah. but if you're Bene Gesserit and you're the best at it I think Jessica's the power ceiling I think mm. we're told to accept that she is the Benest the the Benest the best Bene Gesserit alive in the galaxy you know um, which like as I'm talking about it out loud I I think part of what bothers me about that and I, I can understand this but like the Bene Gesserit as an organization has never ever once been shown to be like objectively right you know like they, they've always been a problematic organization doing things for their own manipulative selfish reasons they're shit and so what's cool about jessica before right is that she leaves the sisterhood she defects she's like a fucking rebel and she's able to use these awesome skills and powers that she's learned through them but without uh the 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 fucking like myopic boundaries that are that are shoved on her because mm-hmm. of the Bene Gesserit and and here we have an older version of Jessica returning to that that shit organization and it kind of makes her shit yeah. as she goes back to it you know and I, and I, she I, she kind of just succumbs to all the the old problems I think the important it sucks thing to see.
1: the important thing to keep in mind is You know, she has been living on Caladan far from Arrakis for a long time now until she made this reappearance. Um, And in that time, you know, she was not as close to the ground. So you would kind of maybe imagine that her powers of of foresight for what her children are going through on Arrakis would maybe was not great. Maybe she was not in on everything that was happening, um, which maybe is why she was so easily swayed by the Bene Gesserit, you know, recruiting her to help save her grandchildren because she's just, she was just not as clued in as she used to be. Um, But now that she's been awakened, um, I do think we might see more of her defecting from that organization. Um, because even though she did go back, I I do I, I I don't think she's very loyal to them. I think she's just <clears throat> she, she was working with them because that was what was in what she thought was in her best interest. But I think the second that that is not true anymore, I think she will defect.
0: Yeah, we'll see. I mean, um, if this kind of like goes full circle and she leaves the organization again. I I think I'd be much more willing to accept what I've read thus far and be like, okay, this is all part of a larger picture that I haven't been able to see in its entirety. Yeah, But I'm worried that that may not be the direction this is heading in. At least, right, I mean, it's tough to say. I was going to say it doesn't feel that way. Um, but it's not without feeling for it. I yeah. mean, with the whole... Conflict with Aaliyah, with with Duncan Idaho, seemingly breaking ties with Aaliyah, too, and this this plot surrounding Jessica. There there are avenues this story could go down that I think could utilize her character a lot better. And I, I hope to see that. Um, right now, I don't feel very confident about it, but there's plenty else that is uh, keeping me turning the pages. Yeah, so it, yeah, sure. it is what it is. We'll see. All right, man. Um, anything else you want to mention? You all one, good?
1: One thing I want to mention before we wrap it up is I think in the second chapter with Uh Lito and Silgar out in the the desert, um, I think he mentions there being three paths for the first time. Yeah. So, <clears throat> di- so yeah, there's what there's like one where he dies, right? Yes,
0: one where him and Ganima get married,
1: and that yeah, and yep, yep, we're, to protect yep, the bloodline, but exactly. do
0: not they do have not a baby. don't have a, yeah. do not have a baby, no, no, b- you can word. say it.
1: I'm not gonna say it. That, All that's, right, that's your thing. I'll, okay, I'll leave that to you. Um, All right. then the third one is something to do with Paul. Um. I
0: yeah, it's maybe maybe like a destruction of his. I think it.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's a destruction of the of, of empire his of his image. Yeah, age. yeah. Um, so that's interesting because we have what is the golden path, but now we have that there are three different paths. Yes. And which one is the golden path? I don't know. Um. <clears throat>
0: yeah. Yeah, I know. Last episode we talked a lot more about the golden path. And I, I forget if they even had more to say about it at the time. Maybe they did. Some of that is, is lost in my me- memory and we don't really have the time to delve into it now, but I, I wanted to point um, it out because
1: it was But It, it is
0: interesting. No, no, <clears throat> I'm glad that you did. If anything, just to raise the point that, um, you know, Herbert keeps adding these, Layers of questioning, and so you know, we get introduced to the golden path, and it's like, okay, so these things are being done in service to that, and then now we're given the but you know, like what's behind door number three, different mm-hmm. variables, yeah. And and we, as the reader, like you're saying, don't know what to follow or, or where the golden path ends, yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It, it's cool to keep raising doubts, just like we we keep learning more about the preacher, and the more we learn, the less sure I am about yeah. anything. So same. it's kind of all the same shit. Same.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the path we are walking is is very fuzzy as well. And uh, yeah, I, I, it's it's uh, it's quite the ride. But that's it. That's all I got to say.
0: All right. Hey, I appreciate it. Um. All right, man. Uh, pff, Do the plug.
1: So, you can email us at doondudespod at gmail.com with any feedback or questions you have. Follow us at Corrupt TV on Twitter and Instagram. Um. Yeah, a rate, review, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. And until next time,
0: Social justice warriors, keep fighting that jihad. Hell yeah. Peace.